Despite a solid effort, the LA Kings were unable to beat the top team in the NHL for a second time this season. We'll recap and break down the loss to the Boston Bruins. Plus, Kevin Fiala gets a big honor. Grant Clark strikes gold. And we look ahead to another big matchup against the Golden Knights. And we'll read some of your emails. All that on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe for enjoying this content. We're at 1,070 subscribers and counting, looking to get to 1,100 by the end of the month and well on our way to doing that. Thank you to all who have liked and subscribed uh, and those that will do so in the future. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years. 20-plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network, also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years, and a passionate LA Kings fan for 30 years. The Kings played their second of three straight games against division leaders by hosting the top team in the Atlantic Division and the top team in the NHL, the Boston Bruins, last night. The Kings handed the Bruins one of their eight losses in 37 games this season. That was back on December 15th in Boston, a 3-2 come-from-behind shootout victory for the Kings. And since L.A. has been very good, 7-1-1 since that big win over the top team in the NHL. So could the Kings do it again, this time at home against the big, bad Bruins? Well, as for the Kings lineup, it was pretty much the same that we've seen over the past few games, except for one move, uh, looking for more of a physical presence, as you could imagine, against Boston. Kings head coach Tom McClellan decided to opt for winger Brennan Lemieux in the lineup on the fourth line in place of Carl Brunstrom. Lemieux had been a healthy scratch for the past three games after returning from injury, and he had taken a couple of bad penalties in his return. I think that was part of uh, the reason why he sat for a few games. Trevor Moore and Arthur Kaliev uh, still both out with minor injuries, uh, looking for them to get back at any time, but not against the Boston Bruins in this one. Um, as was mentioned on the TV broadcast, this was a matchup of historic proportions in net. The first time in NHL history, two opposing netminders were both from the state of Alaska, Phoenix Copley for L.A., from North Pole, Alaska, and Jeremy Swayman for Boston from Anchorage, Alaska. As for the game itself, the Kings got off to a pretty good start in the opening period. It was a highly competitive, spirited opening period. Uh, Philip Deneau would get the lone goal of the first period off a sweet feed from Alex Iafala, who was behind the net, fed it to Deneau at the side of the net. He put it in, uh, and that second line continues to be very productive for the Kings. Uh, neither team had a power play opportunity in that first period, and it ended one nothing L.A. after one. Second period, Boston's perfection line, likely the top line in the NHL, would get things going. Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, and David Pasternak. Uh, Pasternak would score on a wrist shot from the high slot. Then the very hateable Brad Marchand would score a power play goal on a one-timer. And uh, the Kings would respond, though, going down 2-1 to even it up at 2-2 on an absolute blast from defenseman Sean Dursey from the left side. Um, other than one turnover that Dursey had in the first period, it led to a two-on-one break where the Bruins didn't score. I thought he played one of his better games of the season, both offensively and defensively, getting that big goal there to tie it up. 
Um, and I thought three, two periods, this was a very solid, entertaining hockey game. Um, Boston didn't have a lot of sustained time in the Kings end. Their scoring chances were pretty much limited to off the rush. Of course, they did get the power play goal. Um, the Kings though, I thought were doing a very good job defensively getting sticks into passing lanes, defending, um, and deflecting away passes, uh, and shots and clearing things out in front of the net. Boston had only 13 shots on goal through the first two periods. Unfortunately, in the third, uh, the Kings did have a few mistakes, and as good teams will do, uh, the Bruins took advantage. There was a turnover by Kings defenseman Alex Edler that ended up leading to the Bruins getting a possession, and eventually Trent Frederick would score a go-ahead goal on a redirect. Then just 34 seconds later, Frederick would score again. This time, Phoenix Copley lost track of the puck when it went behind the net. Ended up in front, and Frederick literally scored uh, into the net while Copley was looking over his left shoulder. Didn't know the puck was in front of the net. Uh, that made it 4-2. to two. Uh, And then it was David Pasternak putting a, the goal into the empty net to seal it. 5-2 victory for the Boston Bruins. Again, just a, a couple of minutes of lapses in the third for the Kings, and that was all it took. To be honest, uh, I'm not that upset about this loss. Of course, I want the Kings to win every game. And yes, this is a bottom line results oriented business. It's about wins and losses. But as we talked about on Thursday with Kings TV analyst, Jim Fox, at this point in the season, he said, and I agree with him, and I've mentioned this before, it's more about how the Kings are playing than necessarily the result. Now, if we, if the Kings play the way we want them to play, the way head coach Todd McClellan wants them to play, then the results are going to be there. Um, for example, there was a game early in the season where the Kings beat the Wild 7-6. to six, And I said afterwards, I'm glad they won, but that's just not the way they want to play. And we know Todd McClellan had said things like that in the postgame com uh, comments for some of the early season games that, yeah, we're, the results are, are there in some of these games, but this isn't who we want to be. Um, the Kings... Played the right way, in my opinion, against the Bruins last night, and they lost. And I can live with that. Um, I thought that uh, in the case of last night's game, oh, by the way, against clearly the best team in the NHL, um, the Kings did play the way they want to play. Now, we're not happy with the result, uh, but big picture-wise, I, I thought for 90% of the game, the Kings played the way they wanted to play. I don't think the final score was necessarily an indicator of how the game went. Uh, the Kings did outshoot Boston 29-22 for what that's worth. Um, they did have some good quality scoring chances. Uh, there was, in particular, the Victor Arbiton shot that went off of Jeremy Swayman and just danced on the goal line and somehow didn't go over the goal line. If that goal goes in, maybe it's a different game. Um, but regardless, I, I thought it was a very solid effort by the Kings against a very good team. Um, the way L.A. has played lately, against Vegas, against Colorado, against Dallas, and against Boston is the way the Kings need and want to play going forward. The Flyers game was the exception. That was not a good effort by the LA Kings. Uh, for whatever reason, it does happen from time to time. But big again, big picture and looking at the whole, the way the Kings have been playing lately, I think we, we should like the way they're playing. And I think if they continue to play that way, I, I do believe we're going to see the results we want to see. Didn't see it last night, but again, on the whole, Kings played well. They lost to a very good team in the end. I don't like that they lost, but I can live with that result if they continue to play the right way. It was a really good hockey game through two periods. And again, in the third, 
Just a couple of mistakes, and that's all it takes against an elite team like the Boston Bruins. I do want to talk about a couple of players um, after looking at last night's performance, and the first one is Quentin Byfield. And I thought Jim Fox made some great points on Thursday's show about what the Kings are looking for right now out of Quentin Byfield. I know a lot of fans don't want to hear this, but I think Jim's right. It's not about production right now for Quentin. It's more about how he's playing, uh, playing with um, a physical presence. He's a big body and he needs to learn how to play with that. And he's still very young and he's learning. We all get that. But we're not expecting him to be some kind of a bruiser. But kind of like Andre Kopitar. Kopitar is not a physical player, but he uses his body extremely well to be able to maintain puck possession in the zone, win board battles, those types of things. That's what we want to see Quinton do uh, as well. And I think he, he's been a little bit better at that lately. Um, I thought he had a pretty solid first period, uh, went hard to the net a few times, won a couple of puck battles. Now, he didn't win them all. Uh, there was one in particular because I was trying to pay attention to this type of thing. He went up uh, in the boards against Taylor Hall and was outmuscled by a smaller player and lost possession of the puck on the cycle. Um, but that said, um, as long as he's on that top line, I think this is one of the things we should be looking for, as Jim Fox mentioned. Um, how is he winning puck battles? How is he playing with his size? And I think it's been a little bit better. I thought the first period he did a good job with that. Not as much going forward, unfortunately. But, um, you know, we want his size and his skill to translate into him playing the game the right way. And then that will hopefully translate into him being a more productive player. I did want to talk about Brendan Lemieux. Um, the only lineup change for the Kings uh, in last night's game from the previous couple of games. And I thought he had a very positive game. Uh, he was given credit for six hits in this one. Um, stayed out of the penalty box. He needs to be a physical presence without taking penalties. He absolutely did that. Uh, of course, he got into that big scrap with the Bruins hero of the game last night. Trent Frederick uh, certainly held his own in that one as they were both throwing bombs. And i got to say that was probably the most memorable fight that the Kings have had this season. There haven't been many, and I know the game is certainly changing in that way. But uh, that was two guys uh, throwing some pretty serious punches in that one and landing some few uh, as well. Uh, if Lemieux can provide a physical presence and stay out of the box, I think he can be an asset for the Kings because, face it, the Kings are not a very physical team. They routinely get out hit in every game, as they did again last night against the Bruins. But I thought, if, again, if that's the way Brendan Lemieux can play, then he can be an asset for the Kings. If he goes out there and takes dumb penalties, then he's not going to be able to be a positive player for the Kings. But last night, I, I thought he was. Um, finally, I did want to talk about Phoenix Copley. Uh, his seven-game winning streak was snapped. Um, I thought the four goals that he allowed, uh, there was really only one bad goal. Uh, and by the way, nice job by, by Jim Fox on the TV broadcast of showing why Copley was out of position on that Marshan power play goal. Uh, Copley was moving from his left to his right in anticipation of a pass uh, to the point of the power play. And then when it got deflected and went the other way, he couldn't recover. Uh, just wanted to point that out. That was, that was great, uh, great job by Jim Fox of showing us why that goal actually went in. Um, that set second Frederick goal that made it four to two, that was on Phoenix. Um, lost track of the puck when it was behind him. Uh, I know that's difficult for a goaltender when the puck does go behind him, which is why players take the puck behind the net to try and uh, get the goaltender to be out of position. Um, but he totally lost track of the puck. As bad as I've seen a goaltender lose track of the puck, it was out in front of him when he was looking over his left shoulder and Frederick put it into not an empty net, but uh, put it past the goaltender who wasn't really looking 
I mean, that's that's exactly what it was, and that's that's on Phoenix. That's a, that's a, he can't let that happen. So of the four goals, that one was certainly a bad goal against. Um, but uh, overall, I thought still a pretty solid game for Phoenix Copley. I thought he did what he has done in his time in net for the Kings. I thought he gave the team a chance to win, um, but unfortunately, no offense from the Kings uh, in that third period. More on Phoenix Copley when we uh, read some emails from you, the Locked On Kings listeners here in just a moment. Uh, but I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat or calories, then you've got to try Built Bar. If you're looking for a little bit more of a healthy snack in the new year, uh, why not get something that is delicious and good for you? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. Built Bars are only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar, but you get a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now, you can order Built Bars online at Built.com, but you can also now go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and find them as well. They're in the pharmacy section. That is Built Bar, protein bars that taste like candy bars. I know I didn't promote a feedback show for this week, but we do have some emails that I want to read, and they are all about Phoenix Copley and the Kings goaltending situation. So, Let's get into that, and we will start with Marie in Long Beach, and she says, like many others, I'm trying to wrap my head around the Phoenix Copley phenomenon. There is no doubt at this point that he has shown that he can take the reins and be the guy, at least for the time being. A part of me wonders how much of that is his capabilities in net or how much of it is that maybe just a lack of pressure that he's under compared to Quick or Cal. I don't think anyone had the expectation for Copley to come in and play even half as well as he's done, and maybe... That gave him the freedom to just play his game with no expectations since he's already in a position that he didn't expect to be in, not making any excuses for Quick or Cal. But if you ask me, I think the pressure surrounding those two to perform has got to be playing a role in the year that both are having, don't you think? Is Copley the real deal or is this all circumstantial? Does he simply find himself in the right place at the right time, backstopping a Kings team that is much more solid defensively than what Quick and Cal saw earlier in the season? Either way, the guy is killing it right now, and I'm all in for it, just trying to wrap my head around what to expect from him moving forward. Uh, thanks, Eddie, and go Kings go. Again, that was from Marie in Long Beach. Um, yeah, it's that's an interesting point that you bring up. Uh, you know, Phoenix Copley came in and had nothing to lose. There were no expectations on him at all. So anything he did, I mean, if he came in and just stunk, nobody was going to be like, oh, I can't believe Phoenix Copley is not getting the job done. No. Um, so I think there there could be something to that, that he's just coming in feeling free and loose and just letting it play out. And like he's, like I said, he's got nothing to lose. That could be a part of it. Um, but I also think, you know, once you finally establish yourself and you're playing well, I mean, pressure is going to come. I think, you know, for Phoenix, he could also now be saying, oh, my God, I'm, I found myself in this situation. I may never have this opportunity again and then feel pressure in that regard. But it seems to me like he's saying, you know what? Uh, I don't know how this is going to end, but I'm just going out there with no pressure. I'm going to play my game and whatever happens, happens because nobody expected me, me to be in this role. So I think there is something to that. As far as the pressure on on Quick and on Cal, I mean, look, you're an NHL goalie. There's going to be just pressure comes with that. There are certain positions in sports, quarterback in the NFL, starting pitcher in baseball, that, that those inherently come with a lot of responsibility and pressure. And certainly Jonathan Quick has felt pressure his, you know, for his whole career um, playing in Stanley Cup finals and winning championships. So he's a guy who knows how to handle pressure. That said, he's never been in this position before where 
his career is winding down and he doesn't know what his future is going to be. And he's lost his starting job. So even with all the things Jonathan Quick has accomplished, he's never been in this specific situation before. And it will be really interesting to see how he handles going forward. I think if there is a, a, a real pressure situation, it's, it's on Cal Peterson. He got the money. He has the responsibility. The Kings have all but said they expected him to take over the number one job in net, and he hasn't gotten the job done. And now he finds himself in the minors. So if there is a, a pressure to be had and someone who hasn't responded as of yet, I think that that's legitimate uh, that you could say that about Cal Peterson. Our next email comes from Jesse Garcia. He says he's a 35-year Kings fan and he lives in Visalia, California. Uh, and Jesse I'm only saying this half jokingly. Are you my cousin? Uh, I grew up in Porterville, California, which is not far at all from Visalia. And I know I have cousins in Visalia that I don't really know. So who knows? I don't know. Uh, (laughs) uh, He says, first thing, Eddie, I love the show and I look forward to each one. My question is about the psychological aspect of the team when they play in front of each goalie. Are they more confident with Copley or is this just luck? Seems to me there might be something to be said about that, giving the team's record with Quicken, Goal, and Copley. What's your thoughts on it? Great work covering uh, our team and go Kings go. You know, earlier in the year, I thought it was pretty obvious that the Kings were playing better, harder for Quick than they were for Peterson. That was an observation. I'm not saying that they literally had in their minds, oh, you know, Quick's in net. Uh, we're going to play better tonight or something. No, 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 no. But it just seemed that way. And it has also seemed that way uh, for Phoenix Copley. But I think it's just, it's it's more of a confidence factor. Um, even me just playing lame-ass beer league hockey. I know when we play with a goalie that I'm not real confident in, it affects the way the entire team plays. You're not nearly as aggressive. You're not nearly as confident in maybe taking a chance. Because, you know, if you screw up, you've got a goaltender behind you that, is probably going to let in a goal. You, you can't make any mistakes, and it's a hard it's hard to play that way. But when you have a goaltender behind you that you have confidence in, that is making the saves that he needs to make, it, it helps you to feel better to play the type of game you need to play because you're not under such stress that if you make one mistake, it's going to end up in the back of your net. So um, I, I think there, that's probably what you're talking about. You know, the, I think the Kings are playing better defensively all around, which helps the goaltender to play better and helps them to not feel like they're under such pressure. Maybe that's what we're seeing with Phoenix Copley and Net. And finally, Anthony McLaughlin from Parts Unknown says, um, I brought the goalie situation up last offseason regarding Peterson and Quick, uh, asking if you think that uh, they trade Peterson for a cheaper version if he underperforms, and you said that it would not happen. I don't think Copley was going to be the one to do it, but it is Copley's net, and I do see Peterson I don't see Peterson coming up for the rest of the season. Uh, he's 4-4-1 in the AHL, and I even think that they can trade him and retain 50% of his salary. I think that 10 games in, Copley has proven this is who he is. It's about time for the organization uh, to make a change, and it's worked out. What a success story. Uh, what are your thoughts on what's going to happen with the goalies? Uh, they can call Cal up, but they would uh, would they really put Copley on waivers and risk losing him? Uh, do they carry three goalies and cow some games to see where he stands? Thank you for your time uh, that you dedicated to the Kings and go Kings go. That was from Anthony. I still don't see um, trading Cal Peterson as an option at this point. I just don't think anybody would want him. Even if the Kings do retain 50% of his salary, why would you give up anything for a goalie who is struggling uh, at the NHL level? He, 
if he's going to have any trade value, he, he would have to come up at the NHL level and show that he can get the job done. And if he does do that, then the Kings aren't going to, aren't going to let him go. So it's a great question. It is the question right now. What, is, what are the Kings going to do with uh, the goaltending situation going forward? And right now there's just no good answer to that. We don't know how it's going to play out. If Phoenix Copley continues to do what he's doing, then the Kings obviously are not going to make any changes. They're going to stay with, Copley is the number one, and you, you, you can't, but you can't send Jonathan Quick down. And you don't want to have three goalies on the roster. So Cal is going to be stuck in the AHL. I guess, fortunately, maybe a weird way to term it, but right now he's not ready to come back anyway. Cal is not playing good enough yet to get called up. He's going to have to really kill it in the AHL before the Kings decide they need to make a move, and then we'll have to see what they do. But for the time being, I don't see anything changing regarding the goalie situation uh, if Phoenix Copley falters, that certainly could change. If Jonathan Quick suddenly finds his game and starts to really kill it when he gets his opportunities, that could change. And if Cal Peterson starts to get his game going in the AHL and forces the Kings to call him up, then that could change. But right now, none of those things appear to be on the horizon, and it's Phoenix Copley in net for the moment. We've got news on Kevin Fiala. We've got news on Brant Clark. And we got a quick look ahead to the big game coming up Saturday against Vegas. Uh, but first, I want to invite you to check out Locked On NHL Prospects, your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft, plus NHL draft rankings and top prospect comparisons for every team. That's Locked On NHL Prospects, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Um, real, real quick, I want to mention something about Thursday's show with our special guest, Jim Fox. Um, it didn't go quite as well as I had hoped. I'm a bit of a perfectionist, I guess, maybe, and I just wanted everything to go really well. The The most downloaded and viewed YouTube episode we had and podcast that was listened to was our first um, interview with Jim Fox back in October. Um, so this is this yesterday was a big show for this show to have Jim Fox on. I thought all the stuff he said was fantastic, but there were some glitches. Um, maybe I didn't do a good job communicating to Jim that this was a video podcast because he never looked into the camera and he's a tv guy you think he he knows to look into the camera um i think he must have just thought it was an audio podcast even though when we had him on in october he knew it was a video podcast and he looked into the camera but he didn't look into the camera um and i hope that wasn't too distracting for you guys who watched the youtube episode um fortunately it didn't really impact the, the great things that he said so i hope you still enjoyed that interview but that was a little distracting i guess maybe and then my microphone uh, was not working properly, and it better be working properly today. And, and it was uh, it, the audio maybe wasn't as good as I wanted to. So um, I apologize for the Jim Fox uh, episode not being up to the standards that I wanted to be up to. But I hope you still enjoyed it. I hope you still got uh, out of it what it was supposed to be, and that was some great commentary from. The Kings' longtime TV analyst. Hey, congratulations to LA Kings forward Kevin Fiala, who was named to his first ever All Star game. The All Star game is coming up in Sunrise, Florida, February the 4th. And um, the NHL selected one representative from each team. Kevin Fiala was the representative from the Kings, and it was really a no brainer. I don't know who else they actually would have even considered because Fiala is leading the, the Kings in every meaningful statistical category points, assists, power play assists, multi point games. Um, so congratulations to Kevin Fiala. We will see if he's the only King on the all-star, uh, roster for the Pacific division. Uh, the rest of the roster spots will be decided by fan vote. So if you want some more Kings in the all-star game, uh, go out and get the vote. And, uh, I think there's a Twitter, um, aspect of this as well. You can check out 
Kings talented rookie prospect Brant Clark won gold with Team Canada last night at the World Junior Championships as they won a thrilling 3-2 overtime game over Czechia. Clark uh, let all Canadian defensemen in the tournament in goals with two and points with seven. That was in seven games. So now the Kings really have a decision to make on Brant Clark. I know we've said that a few times. He played the nine games earlier. Um, then he had the AHL stint and then went to the World Junior Championships. But now it is time for the Kings to make a decision on Brant Clark. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. We're going to talk more about that coming up on Monday's show. What I would like to see the Kings do and what I think they're going to do with Brant Clark. But congrats to Brant Clark. Had a, from all accounts, had a solid tournament with Team Canada and is now a gold medal winner. Congratulations to him. Uh, also, wanted to mention that big game coming up on Saturday. Uh, the final three-game uh, trek against three straight division leaders. We'll see if the Kings can end up on the plus side of things. They beat Dallas, they lose to Boston, and we'll see how they can do in their biggest of the three games against the Vegas Golden Knights in Vegas on Saturday because it's a divisional matchup. It's first versus second. Uh, this is the third of four meetings between the Kings and Golden Knights. Kings lost the season opener in L.A. 4-3, came back and won last Tuesday against the Golden Knights 4-2. So we'll see how they fare uh, in Sin City against the Golden Knights. Jack Eichel is back in the lineup for Vegas, so they'll be a little bit stronger than they were in the last meeting. Um, but uh, the Kings enter this game six points back of Vegas, so a big, big matchup in the standings in the Pacific Division. Uh, Face-off, 7 o'clock on Saturday. You can see it on Valley Sports West. Listen to it on the Kings iHeart Audio Network. Looking forward on Monday to hopefully talking about a big win the LA Kings over those Vegas Golden Knights. Hey, thanks for another great week here on Locked on LA Kings. If you have any questions or comments you want to send me, the email address is lockedoneddy at gmail.com. You can follow the show on Twitter. We are at Locked on LA Kings and on Instagram at Locked on LA Kings as well. Again, thank you for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen. want to invite you once again to check out uh, one of the new podcasts we have on the Locked Out Network. That is Locked on NHL Prospects, a daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft, plus NHL draft rankings and top prospect comparisons for every team. I'm sure they talk about Brant Clark on that show. Uh, that is Locked on NHL Prospects, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Thank you again for watching Locked on LA Kings. I'm Eddie Garcia. Have a great weekend. And as always, go Kings go.